The kitchen hallmark uh, kitchen refrigerator magnet would say, get comfortable with being uncomfortable. Ah, yes. But there's, but it's deeper than that. It's respecting, it's showing someone love mm. by I'm uncomfortable and I don't know what to say and what if I say the wrong thing, but a genuine act of affection and kindness that won't be interpreted the wrong way. It just won't. And you know it's genuine. We all want to appear better than we are, smarter than we are, less unkind than we are. But if we're just real about it and be authentic, it comes through. It yeah. just does. It and just it does. will be lasting. Welcome. I'm Dawn Mathis, and this is To Your Greatness. Every day you give so much of yourself to those you love. Through this podcast, I'll guide you on a journey to reawaken the greatness that lies within you. In each episode, you'll hear incredible stories of transformation from me and my guests that will inspire you to design and manifest a life that is in harmony with your soul's purpose. You are meant to live the life you'd love. Let me show you how. Welcome back, everyone. This is Dawn Mathis. This is To Your Greatness with Dawn Mathis. And today, um, we're going to be a little bit more on the, on the heart-centered side. I know sometimes I, I get off on, uh, on tangents and, and try to be funny. Um, this is not one of those times. This is one of those times about, about heart-centeredness and faith and love and hope uh, and, and survival. So... Just hang on to your seats because this is going to be an amazing podcast. And please share this with, with other people. And so you might be wondering about the title, Do a Liz Thing. Well, it will become apparent to you what that's about after um, we start um, our discussion with, with Suzanne, who is here today. Suzanne Miller is here. Welcome, Suzanne. Thank you. And... Uh, I, I want to give uh, give a little bit of bio on Suzanne. She's lived in Colorado since 1982 mm -hmm. and has been married to her husband, Jim, for 40 years. Sure. Oh, my goodness. And you guys live in the same house, right? <laughs> yes. You know, sometimes the saying is, I love you in spite of yourself. There's some truth in that sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. That's, that's amazing in and of itself. But we're not here. For that purpose, we're here to talk about you and to talk about Liz. Mm -hmm. So I, I just want, let me just finish this bio here. You've raised four kids. Wow. Mm -hmm. You're a saint in Fort Collins, Colorado, and you have served on many community um, foundations. Let's see. Front Range Community College Foundation Board of Directors, yes. Women Give, and the Genesis Project. Mm -hmm. And previously, you volunteered with Foothills Rotary, Boys and Girls Club of Larimer County, Give Next, and Three Hopeful Hearts. Right. Wow. Uh, so you've done a lot. And it looks like you get your charge from helping other people figure out how to get theirs, how to get their charge by giving back, serving their communities, and um, also by 
getting in touch with their philanthropic side, let's say. Yeah. That's, that's that's true. Connecting, okay. um, mm-hmm. building relationships. We're designed for relationships. So that seems an easy thing for me. We Absolutely. And to Absolutely. live that way. Well, that's great. And so um, I want to talk a little bit uh, about about the history. Um, I know you lost um, your daughter, Liz. Right. Seven about seven years ago. Well, longer than that, two thousand and eight. Longer than that. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, eight. Two thousand eight. Oh, two thousand eight. Mm-hmm. My apologies. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um. And here, here's what I, I would I would love for you to tell us about Liz. Mm-hmm. I, I I got a beautiful bio from you about her, mm-hmm. and I can't do it justice. I I think her mom should tell us about Liz. Well. Thank you. Um, I, I the piece that you refer to. I wrote that last year on the Facebook page. COVID made things a challenge for the day we remember the day of her death, um, March twenty eighth, two thousand eight. By going and doing the kinds of things that Liz did so routinely for others Mm. in her life. And that's been the message of do a Liz thing is go and do those kinds of things. It's not about um, the, the big showy production. The production value does not need to be high. It's about intentional uh, acts of kindness and focusing your attention on someone else. That's the Mm. gift of do a Liz thing. So it can be buying that coffee for the person uh, behind you, but it can also be as simple as, you know, I thought of you today and I wanted to call and tell you Mm. how much you mean to me. Um, Liz, I'll tell you about Liz. Liz was our firstborn child, um, Mm. worked in a children's youth group and loved all of that. And in high school, junior high and high school, started to be an intern, uh, went to school for to be a youth minister and um, worked with junior high and high school age kids. That's a vulnerable age group filled with kids who are uncertain about their own identity and their worth and value. And Liz was instrumental in helping develop that, reassure them. She would do that in personal ways, going out of her way to do something for someone else to let them know that they mattered and they had value. If a kid was struggling in school and Liz knew about it through conversations with parents or teachers, then she would often tie a a note attached with balloons to a kid's locker and with the note attached saying, you are better than this rough moment. Let's meet at Starbucks. A $5 gift card would be attached and we'll get through this. So those kind of things, leaving boxes of cookies or flowers on a kid's doorstep or on their desk in the classroom. Those were the kinds of things that Liz did in ways that she knew how to connect with others, to let them know that they mattered to them. That's the essence of doing a Liz thing. That's wonderful. Doing a Liz thing. So (laughs) I remember reading something in her bio that you, that you shared with me that 
when she was at that um, vulnerable age, that's when yes. she um, was diagnosed with epilepsy. That's right. There'd been no history of it in any any part of our family that we could find. Um, Liz mm -hmm. developed epilepsy. It was called adolescent epilepsy at the time. Um, I got a call from a classroom saying, your daughter's had a seizure and we've taken her to the hospital. And I had no oh idea. Goodness. We were just floored. Um, but that was junior high school. That's a hard time for a kid to go through that kind of thing. There were lots of tests, lots of medicine changes, uh, breakthrough seizures, as they call them. Liz would still go to youth groups and travel and do the different things, ski trips or retreats and all of those kinds of things. But then there would be a breakthrough seizure and in front of her other junior high school peers, she would have a seizure, grand mall seizures, oh falling goodness. down, passing out, all of the shaking that you see on shows or if you're familiar with that. It's, uh, it's a hard thing. And Liz struggled yeah. with that. Um, she found her footing at the end of adolescence. Uh, the medicine settled everything is the word I would use. Seizures were rare and uh, Liz went on with her life and I think all of those experiences helped her. People, <laughs> friends would do things to send her cards just saying, don't worry about what we saw, we love you. <laughs> so there were, oh gosh, and, yeah, and for those wow. kids to do that and then Liz to be able to reply to them saying, okay, I'm in a safe place with these with this bunch that I'm in. So they were very supportive and protective of Liz. That helped her navigate her way through. And um, then Liz was able to offer that same kind of help and support. And I'm there for you when uh, she was in the youth leadership position, working in youth ministry now with junior high and early high school age kids uh, that she was in working with. Wow. So she she's been involved in this in this uh, ministry yeah. for for years. Yeah. As a kid, she volunteered to be in uh, to serve as an intern even before she was able to do that. So <laughs> before wow. their age limit. Wow. But they Liz was engaged and loved doing that kind of thing. So they just said, come on, how are we going to stop a kid who has heart like that? So um, wow. Liz was active and she loved it and they loved her back and it was a good thing all the way around. Wow. It's, it's, it, it's amazing that, that even at that young of an age, mm -hmm. um, did she get that from you? We've been, I would call us, um, People of faith, um, followers of Jesus, and Liz mm -hmm. um, had a heart for that. She yeah. wanted to be of service, and that was the best way she could express it was, um, I've got a tattoo on my arm that I have. It, it's a good reminder for me. Love God and love people. It's pretty simple. Oh, it, love it. It's just as simple as that, but it's also as challenging as that, because that means you set aside a lot of yourself. But that's what focusing on others 
that's yes. um, that's what that's about. There's a saying that Liz would use a lot that goes, um, the habit of self-preoccupation is a hard one to break. But once mm. you do, you start looking at life in a whole different way and the people wow. around you. I wow, that, that that's amazing. Wow. She sounds like she was an old soul, you know? <laughs> that's the word that I've heard lots and lots when wow. talking about Liz, yeah. She sounds amazing, and I saw her pictures, and just a just a bright light shining yeah. from her. Yeah. Wow. Good kid. Um, but that's not to say Liz um, hovered above and didn't, you know, touch the earth. Uh, I we all have feet of clay. You do your best. You fall down. You get back up. That that's what we all do. So I don't want to make sure. it sound that Liz, like Liz was sainted and wasn't affected by the things that everyone else is. She certainly was. She went, was an adolescent who struggled mm. with identity and why is this happening to me? And there were those mm. times, you know, the adolescent brain not fully developed. Um, I'm not having seizures anymore because she's taking the medicine. But to that adolescent mind is, I don't need to take the medicine anymore. And so she oh. would stop taking the medicine and then have these breakthrough seizures. And it was just awful, you know. And as parents, mm. you're so frustrated going, what don't you get here? But that yeah. all subsided and settled in about the time she was 16. Wow. Wow. And then she she went on to serve as a youth minister. She, did. she was hired um, to be a, a youth minister at a church in New Orleans just at the time Katrina hit. And um, we had to get Liz out of New Orleans, um, flew her to Houston, flew her home to Fort Collins. And as soon as airports were open again, she was back down there working with the youth group. They were scrubbing out homes and dumping all the debris from flooding. And she was in the middle of all of that. The um, senior minister at that church took a position in Texas and invited Liz to come and be the youth minister there. And she did. Um, so I, that's where, if I can tell the story now, Liz had one of those Please. breakthrough seizures. Un, um, unknown why, unknown what happened exactly. Um, Liz, at 24 years old, had a seizure at a youth retreat that stopped her heart and she died. Uh, it was a total shock. No one, no one expected that. It's to have a seizure on occasion, rare, but we knew how to handle that. But this was total um, surprise and shock to us. Oh my gosh. I, mm -hmm. I can't, I can't even, I can't even imagine Mm -hmm. Yeah, that knocked us flat well, and uh, did for quite a while. Uh, it doesn't matter if you are a person of faith or a, not of faith. When you get a call uh, and someone is on the phone out of state that you don't know and calling to say, I'm so sorry, Mrs. Miller, to tell you that your daughter has died. How do you handle uh, that? Yeah. Uh, well, what supported you in those early, in those early times? 
You know, I have, (laughs) there were lots of love, lots of people who knew the right things to say, and those who also, with love, didn't know the right things to say. I think sometimes the faith community can be the worst (laughs) at at consoling. There's lots of... um, and it, I should apologize and say it's not limited to faith community. People want to help in the best way they know how, but the best way they know how is inadequate a lot of times. Mm. Um, they want to offer something that's of no help. At least she's with God. Aren't you glad you'll see Liz again one day? To which I would always want to say, are you kidding me? I'd rather she was here now. I'm going to, yeah. I'm not going to be able to see my daughter walk down the aisle, not be there to hold the first grandchild that Liz would have. Um, so those things are of shallow or cold comfort and they're, they're not. What do they call those platitudes? Platitudes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I would much rather the cards and the phone calls and the conversations that have meant the most to me are those who say, um, this sucks and I'm so sorry. And, uh, those that say people call me to this day, uh, one most recently about a month ago, saying, "Hey, I heard a song that Liz used to sing. She had a great voice, sang mm. for the uh, lusher Viking voices, and mm. did a lot of solo work." A woman oh. called me just to say, "Hey, I heard a song that Liz used to sing, and it made me remember her and the things that I mm. loved so much about her." And I thought you'd want to know that. What what was that song, or what was one of uh, Liz's favorite songs? <laughs> well, I, I don't know that you would recognize them or the titles. And now you've caught me in a moment where I can't even think of the titles. But, oh, that's all right. But the the big picture point here in that is the woman, my friend Dixie, was not uncomfortable with calling, saying Liz's name. Dixie used to work with Liz when she helped out with youth and volunteered back in the day, 20 years ago, when Liz was a 14, 15-year-old. So she knew Liz well, has known her all of her adolescent life, and we've been friends for a long, long time. And for her to call and say that kind of thing, speaking Liz's name, which is a great comfort and makes me feel that Liz is not forgotten. Mm. If you want to offer a parent who has lost a child, a gift, say their name. Um, mm. There's a great saying, um, I can't recall the woman's name right now, but she said, if you know someone who has lost a child and it's the holiday time and you're hesitant to bring up that child's name because you think it will bring all of that back to them. She said, the flaw in your thinking is this, those parents have not forgotten their child died. And quite the opposite. What you have done is reminded them that their child lived and that they mattered Mm -hmm. to you. And you've given that parent a great gift by remembering her child. And that's the way I felt about Dixie Key calling with that name, uh, with that remembrance Mm -hmm. of saying, hey, I thought of your Liz and how much I loved her, and I wanted you to know that. Mm. That reminds me of a quote. Uh, you know, you hear you hear about these little kids and people asking little kids, uh, what does love mean to you? And one little 
I think it was a little boy, and I, of course, I don't know his name. Um, but he said, love is saying someone's name and loving how it sounds and feels in your mouth. I thought, that, I, that just came to me. I hadn't thought mm-hmm. about that in years, but it just came to me by what you said that Dixie yeah. said to you. Yeah. And um, yeah, how someone's name feels and sounds in your mouth. That's and love. it's not intuitive. And that's the other part of, I think, what Liz was so good at. And what I'm trying to, I think my kids surpassed me in my um, empathetic skills, if you will. But just to be able to say, I'm, it's a discipline, perhaps, but to say, I'm focusing on you, Dawn. I don't, I'm fine. How's my friend Dawn? Mm. What might I be able to offer Don when we're talking or if, when I see my friend Don next? What can I offer to give a boost to their day? Mm. Give a boost sounds maybe a, a Pollyanna, maybe shallow, but it's not. It's intentional. Oh. It's a discipline. It's uh, an act of saying no, of will, saying no, no. The bigger picture here is to live outward focused, not inward focused. We grow that way, I think. Yes. Well, you know, one thing that you said to me um, when we talked briefly last week, Mm -hmm. which is why I want you to come to my retreat and speak to the women there. (laughs) I loved what you told me. It was so inspiring um, that you said to me, and, and forgive me for not knowing the exact words you said, it just, mm-hmm. it was so, it just struck a chord with me that you said that your daughter's death doesn't define you, and it's not who you are. You told me that your daughter helped you become yeah. a better version of yourself. That is true. We, <laughs> there's no retirement in this life as I see it. You were designed and created for a purpose Mm -hmm. and you find and you fulfill that purpose and you live out your best life. And in doing that, it would be um, false to say that hard things don't come to us. This world, look around us, it's filled with horrible hardships for so many Mm -hmm. and to dismiss the power that that can have over you would be unwise. Um, You can't just dismiss someone's hurt because it's not yours Mm. and therefore say, get over it. That's not the way life works. But to have understanding of there are sorrows and hard things in this life, Mm. still to say, but we are called to live our life in full. Mm. And so to live your best life, that's the aim. That's what you do. Liz's death changed us all, I think, more soulful, if you will, more reflective. Some of the things that used to matter to me don't at all. To be cut off in traffic, (laughs) I can shake things off with greater ease. And that's, I sincerely mean that. The things that mattered or would be a trigger before, I'm able to use that weight of that balance, if you will, a scale to say in the scheme of things, is this really a thing? No. Yeah. So I, um, that's what I mean when I say uh, Liz has developed, refined that whole experience of going through that. It changes you. 
And I think if you allow those hurts, if you embrace them, I think God can use that Mm. and bring good out of something that's horrible and devastating. Well, and you're doing that with us right now, uh, um, because I know that many of us have lost people um, and and we'll continue to lose people. The older we get, the you know, the more we we experience those losses. Um, so I, I just I think you're you're a, a modern day disciple of of compassion and and God's love and that's what I see and well uh, that's what we're called to be it's absolutely. not a special gifting i would say you mentioned the, the the older we are the more the funerals and all of that the more death we know and i would throw this out as go to those funerals write that note to those people um, and send it it will mean it's meaningful to them yeah. That takes discipline to do that, but it it will the impact will be lasting. Yeah, I you know I um, I, I had the opportunity to go to a, a few funerals in the last um, well before COVID, um, and I had no idea. I, I decided something moved in me, and I decided to get up and tell some dumb story uh, about you know, someone's son who passed away, who I sat on his lap because he was dressed as Santa Claus. And um, I told him what I wanted for Christmas and I'm not going to say what it was, you know, and, and I just thought, you know, I'm making a total ass out of myself. (laughs) And I went and sat down and afterwards his mom and his dad came up to me and said, that was the most, that was just the, best thing you could have said. And it was like, you know, because you don't know. I mean, like you said, I think sometimes when people don't know what to say, they go away. Yeah. Because they're afraid. Yes. There are the kitchen hallmark uh, kitchen refrigerator magnet would say, get comfortable with being uncomfortable. Ah, yes. There's, but it's deeper than that. It's, respecting it, showing someone love Mm. by I'm uncomfortable and I don't know what to say. And what if I say the wrong thing, but a genuine act of affection and kindness that won't be interpreted the wrong way. It just won't. And you know, it's genuine. We all want to appear better than we are, smarter than we are less unkind than we are. Mm. But if we're just real about it and be authentic, it comes through. It just does. And it will be lasting. There's um, at Liz's memorial service, one of the things that was said that I loved so much is um, Liz wrote in her Bible, one of her favorite verses, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And someone spoke there and said, goodness and mercy shall follow. And the question was then asked, what is following you? Because we all leave a wake behind us. Mm. We all leave footprints. Mm. But it is what is in those footprints that matter most. Mm. 
And I think (laughs) thinking about that and the way that you live day by day, interaction by interaction, not a heavy weight around your neck, but just intentional acts of kindness, being intentional about relationship building. I think those are the things that follow us. That's that's what we want to go after in the kind of life that we want to live, the legacy that we want to leave behind. Wow. Is goodness and mercy following us. Yeah. Can't hang on to bitterness. <laughs> goodness and mercy. Those are good things to say I want following me and to be remembered about me. Wow. That's I'm just blown away and my heart is so <laughs> full. Um I think also um, with this do a Liz thing um, that you can honor and remember those that you love and those that you've Mm -hmm. lost, at least in this plane of existence, by carrying on their work or their love or their Mm -hmm. examples. And that's how Mm -hmm. we can not just serve the memory of, of the person that that we're missing, but, but also just being a, a better version of ourselves by doing a Liz exactly. thing, by doing a Liz thing. And that's being aware of other people around Amen. you and being outward focused rather than, and it's pretty pitiful if we're just focusing on ourselves all mm. the time. I think we become the word I remember hearing ages ago is a spiritual pygmy. And no one wants to be that, to be shrunken and hollow on the inside. Mm. And the antidote for that is others focused as I see it. Mm. And it sounds simplistic and I don't want it to sound Pollyanna-ish. The idea is that it is a an intentional decision to say, I'm not going to live my life just for me. I'm not going to live my life just focused on me and mine. To live a full and giving life, you have to be others-focused. I think that's what we're designed to do. Absolutely. Absolutely. Wow. This has been amazing, uh, Suzanne. And I, I, I am so grateful that, um, that you could share this with us. And um, I know that, um, well... At least I think I do. I don't know everything. I I truly believe that that you have served um, the listeners today, and you have done a Liz thing by sharing her life and yours, and just giving us something to think about that's outside of ourselves. Nothing wrong with us wanting things for ourselves. No. Absolutely not. No. And what sweetens it is what you said, is being others focused and serving other people. And we can do that and still get where we want to go. Absolutely, yes. You, you can't really, uh, you have to love yourself Absolutely. before you can love others. So, and that's what Jesus was big on. Hey, love your, love your neighbor as you would love yourself. You Got to be good to you too. Right. And so all of that self-care, yes, do those things, of course. And that's entirely different than saying, I don't, I don't see that person that just walked by me that's 
visibly upset. I don't choose to let that car in in front of me on I-25 heading south because I'm busy. Yeah. Those kinds of things. It's it's small things, and I think we can all do that. I think I know we can. Oh, Can I tell absolutely. you one cool thing that happened? Most recent, our youngest daughter, Sarah, got married a couple of months oh, ago. Oh, congratulations. One of, thank you. One of the sweetest gestures that I... It melted my heart. Liz, um, Sarah, our daughter, said, if Liz were here, she'd be my maid of honor. I have my maid of honors chosen, but I want to, will you do a print of Liz? And Liz's picture was on a frame on an easel standing there next to the other maids of honor. So that Liz was invited and a part of that at a chair with a guest of honor seat, the un, un um, the guest who couldn't be here today. Oh, I and love it. Liz. Wow. Yeah. So there are thoughtful, creative ways to show um, kindness to people all around you in your own way and in your own style. You can do a Liz thing for someone else. Well, Thank you so very much for this. Now, is there is there a do a do a Liz thing club or a website or or a Facebook page or? There's a, a Facebook page and an Instagram page. Um, people, we don't have. It's not something that we keep going day after day. But on that day to mark Liz's death, when at first. We didn't know how to do that. We just thought, what do we do on this day of her death? My tendency was to want to draw the blinds close and just wait for the day to pass because I thought it was going to be so awful. And friends came to me and said, you ought to go do things like Liz did. Mm. And that's how that came about. And so we invited people on Facebook to go and do those kinds of things for someone else, acts big and small in your own way, in your own place. And people did those things. And then as an encouragement to post them, not to brag. Some people will say, I don't want to post anything. If I send it to you, will you say that someone did something? And so, you know, we'll accommodate that. We do that kind of thing. But it's just to... I read something and that inspires me that someone did. And maybe I can tweak it a bit and make it my own. Someone put, um, I think, $5 bills inside the red box movie rentals and the movie that they had returned. And the next time that person chose that movie, there was a do a Liz thing card attached with a note saying the movie's on us next time. Oh. So just fun, creative things. People put quarters in little baggies and took them to laundromats with do a Liz thing put on the dryer. So people didn't have to pay for laundry and just a gift, anonymous, <laughs> buying gift cards oh. at local retailers. I love so it. So there are lots of, yeah, lots of ways, lots of ways. I love and it. And seeing those, some of those things um, inspire your own creativity, I think. So it's not just something you do anymore on March 28th. It's a lifestyle. People post on the Facebook it's a page lifestyle. on that day. Yeah, but it is a lifestyle. Okay, so. It's something to so aim 328, for. Okay, mm -hmm. so 328, 1225, Easter Sunday, <laughs> all of the major religions have holidays. 
Those are yeah. those days are just reminders to to us to do a Liz thing, not Every just day. that day. They're simply reminders. The little string, the little heart string we tie around our finger to remind us mm -hmm. to do a Liz thing. Oh my goodness! It Suzanne, really benefits I, us and help us grow. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Suzanne Miller, everybody. And Suzanne, may I tell people where you work? Is that okay? Or should I sure. not? Sure. Of course. No, it's so, fine. Suzanne Miller is the newest member at the Fort Collins area Chamber of Commerce. So mm -hmm. go say hello if you're in Fort oh, Collins. That would be great. Yeah. Or uh, let me see. And um, we'll put this in the show notes as well. Um, her email is smiller, M-I-L-L-E-R, at fcchamber.org. If you want to send her a message, mm -hmm. if this was impactful for you, if you want to give your idea of a Liz thing or you just want to pass this podcast along to other people, that's how movements get started, is just one person at a time. And Suzanne, thank you so much. I cannot wait for the ladies at the retreat to hear you this weekend. It's going to be extremely powerful. And thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for inviting me, letting me talk to the, the, your listeners. I think what you're doing is a wonderful work. Oh, thank you. You're changing lives each time you're behind that microphone. So thank you. I've heard your work too. You're making a difference in a big way. Oh my way. gosh. Oh, okay. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna say goodbye before I start crying here. <laughs> thank you. No crying. Well, there's no nothing crying. wrong with crying. Absolutely. When when the tears flow, your heart's open. That's that's what I believe. But Suzanne, thank you again, and everybody, Suzanne Miller. And this is To Your Greatness with Dawn Mathis. I am Dawn Mathis, and we'll see you next time. Blessings to every one of you. Take care. Thank you for joining me on To Your Greatness. If you're inspired by what you heard and are ready to take a deeper dive into your own life's purpose, I'd love to offer you a complimentary life reflection session. In this session, I'll help you get clearer about what's been holding you back and how you can rediscover the greatness that lies within you. If this is something you would love, I invite you to head to my website, toyourgreatness.net, where you can take the first step in this journey. Spots are limited, so claim yours today. You are so much more than what you do for others. I believe there is a dream inside you just waiting to be fulfilled. If you agree, I invite you to take that first step and visit www.toyourgreatness.net right now. I can't wait to meet with you. My name is Dawn Mathis, and this is To Your Greatness. Remember, your greatness lies within you. See you next time. And if you enjoyed today's episode, I invite you to subscribe and keep listening. Remember to like, share, and review this podcast to help other listeners like you find their way to this heart-centered community. Thank you so much.